Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Travel Tales Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Siegel. Thank you for listening. And if you really want to thank me, hey, why not go to our webpage at TravelTalesPodcast.com, click on the iTunes link, go to iTunes and subscribe. It's very easy, costs you nothing. And uh, while you're on iTunes, why not give us a good rating? Costs you nothing and helps me out because it helps people find the show, moves us up in the rankings. Always a good thing. And I've never asked you for anything else but that. I know I'm a broken record on that, folks, but it really does help. So if you can, uh, throw a good rating in there. Maybe say a few nice things. Hey, that's awesome. Um, This episode... Uh, was recorded on the road. Uh, This is with a guy named Jason McAneer that I met in Roatan, Honduras. I know I said in the last episode with uh, our friend Matt Bannister, who I met on the rock boat, uh, I took the rock boat, went in and out of Miami, in and out of Miami. Ooh, that sounds dirty. Um, I figured since I was in Miami, where could I use the least amount of frequent flyer points possible to... (laughs) Uh, go to another country, and lo and behold, I got a great deal to go down to Honduras. And I had heard about Honduras, mostly uh, the island of Roatan, because I'm a scuba diver. And uh, the more I read up about it, uh, the more I saw that uh, it was a it was a popular place, perfect for scuba diving, and uh, not expensive, not too expensive, especially the diving. About twenty five bucks a tank, which is uh, pretty cheap, as things go. Um, so I went, I booked a, a hotel for the first two nights and the rest of the time I found a little cabin, little place and cost 40 bucks a night. So not bad. And, uh, beers were two bucks. Diving was cheap. I went ahead and got my advanced open water diver, uh, certificate. So I took my five dives to get that. And basically all that means is now I can legally dive all the dives I've been doing for the last 23 years, (laughs) which is basically means I can go deeper than 60 feet, which I always have. I can do night dives and do all that stuff. So was, it has been, I've been doing it for the last 23 years, but, um, you know, now it's official. So I was glad I did that. Met a cool group of people down there. And so, uh, I give it a thumbs up. Um, a week was just about right for me. If you don't dive, or snorkel. Uh, You might be a little bored on the island, but uh, I was not. I had a great time. And uh, while I was there, the thing to do is basically you dive, take your uh, morning dive, and then maybe one or two more in the afternoon. Come back, maybe take a little nap in the hammock, which I did almost every day. And then uh, go watch the sunset. Maybe do a little happy hour, because nothing's better after a day of diving than a cold beer, or five of them, or 10 of them. So one of the first nights I'm down there, I try to get something to eat and uh, maybe a cold beer, and I wander into a bar called Sea Level, the letter C level, and it is uh, connected to a dive shop there. And it's pretty hidden off the main road, but I I saw it and uh, wandered in there, and the couple I met behind the bar were super friendly. Uh, The names were uh, Jason and his girlfriend, Suze, who had moved down there from Boise, Idaho, of all places. They did something that um, a lot of people talk about and never do. Basically, they said, the hell with it. We're done with this life we're leading. They were in, I guess we'll call them middle age, which is fair enough. And uh, they said they were done. Had enough. So just know that's an option out there. 
if you're ever thinking of like saying the hell with America, uh, it's an option. Keep it in your back pocket. But a lot of people talk the talk. They actually walk to the walk. And now they swim the swim in the blue oceans of the Caribbean. So I met Susan Jason, and Jason was nice enough on my last morning in Roatan to sit down to an interview. And we went to uh, near the office of the scuba shop. So you'll hear some clanking of uh, tanks, uh, <laughs> some hissing of uh, air hoses. Uh, I think that just lends to the ambiance of the whole thing. So anyway, it was a pleasure to talk to Jason. It was a pleasure to meet his girlfriend, Suze. It was a pleasure to go to Roatan. And now, let's return to Roatan and put ourselves on island time. Grab a cold one, won't you? Travel Tales Podcast. I'm here with Jason McAneer. I am in Roatan, Honduras, and uh, I met Jason in the bar that he works at. Now, you own it, or you were in the you were working at it? Oh, I wouldn't hardly call it work, but no, <laughs> yeah, we don't own it. We just kind of hang out. Uh, found that after six months of doing absolutely nothing on the island, we needed something <laughs> to fill our time with. So, yeah, we hang out at the bar. I like your story because uh, I met you and wife? Girlfriend? Girlfriend. Okay. Suze. Suze. Um... You both came down to Honduras from Boise. Yep. Uh, you did a lot of. You did something a lot of people talk about. You kind of said, "We're moving. We're leaving. We're leaving it all behind." And you went to Honduras. Yeah. And uh, even I was one of those people that talked about it. It, it was funny. <laughs> Three years ago, an old Marine buddy of mine and I, we were discussing, uh, discussing what we wanted to do with our lives. He was married, no kids. I was. Just dating Sue's, no kids. We're like, you know, let's let's go and go buy a dive shop somewhere in the Caribbean or Florida or something. And and this is something that he actually initiated with me. And at the time, I was still working at Hewlett Packard. Yeah, you know, had a great job and everything. And looking at everything, oh, I don't, I don't know if I could give all this up. And <laughs> I kind of put the the kibosh on that. Then. Different events happened in, in my life and started to reevaluate things and realized, you know, I, I think he was onto something there. <laughs> and I don't want to just talk about it. I, I want to do it. So I called him back up, said, hey, Steve, I'm ready to go. Let's go. And all of a sudden, my buddy Steve was uh, not in a position, well, I don't know if I can. Uh, yeah. yeah. A lot of people talk a big game. And, and, and then and, when it comes down to crunch time, they don't do it. Yeah. And I told him, don't worry, buddy. I'm going to go blaze a trail. You feel like coming down at some point, you know where I'll be. And six months later, I was down here, finished up my dive master, uh, scuba instructor certifications, and then Sue's came down. And it really, it took a lot. And we needed that six months of doing nothing to reset your whole life and perspective on everything. Yeah, get on island time, basically. Uh, Pretty much. <laughs> how much convincing did Sue's need, and how long were you guys going out before you we'd talked been, her into this? We'd been dating about six years. And, oh, okay. And at the time, she and I had actually kind of been on a break, and 
then we, we got back together. I told her what I was doing, and she said, well, I want to go. I said, but Suze, you've never even been scuba diving before. How do you know you want to go do this for the rest of your life, and you've never done it before? So took her down to Cozumel in November for her very first dive, and yeah, she's a natural. She's a great athlete, so she just fell right into that and, and loved it. So it's like, well, okay, <laughs> you can come. <laughs> so, what was your previous life in uh, up to the time you left, like in Boise, and where were you from originally? Uh, originally, Houston, Texas. Okay, and traveled all over the world uh, in the Marines, and then for for work was you know, put out in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, when I was working with Cannon, and then Hewlett Packard worked for them since '99. And then they asked me to move up to Boise, and so I went up there. <laughs> heavy negotiation, right? Salary to get to <laughs> movement, move to Boise. Yeah, but well, it, from Philly to Boise is a big switch. And it's a it's a beautiful town, it really is. Yeah. but it's got that small town feel, and it's really cold. I had to buy a whole new wardrobe <laughs> just to live there. You're not a skier. My last my last winter there, I finally decided I was going to try it. And it seems like yeah, I should have gone ahead and paid the money to have a ski instructor, but no, I relied upon all of my Your friends. Yeah, sure. <laughs> and every one of them told me to do something different. Mm-hmm. And eventually I got it, but you know, no broken bones. <laughs> okay. And you know, that's where I discovered the GoPro cameras. Oh, right, ski, right, right. And, you know, and that's what we shoot with down here underwater. Well, tell me about that. You you started a website or or a, a blog or, uh, yeah, or got YouTube a, channel. We've got a you know Facebook page, Facebook group, and then our YouTube channel, the Scuba Smack. Scuba Smack. Susan Mac. Ah, uh-huh, I like it. So yeah, and then uh, so what we've been doing is just kind of putting together episodes of, and we call it the Dive Masters, is our web series, and it's basically Sue's journeying to become a dive master from just a you know basic open water scuba diver and then we also get to show up Roatan and what life is like down here some of the nightlife some of the different things to do but it's mainly about diving and it's it's getting there yeah. it's a completely <laughs> amateur production and that's obvious but the more we shoot the more we play with it the better it, it gets and by episode four wow it's, it's actually looking all right so there's a lot in the Caribbean why Roatan why Honduras why not like say Cozumel why not somewhere in the Bahamas uh, you know, or when we came down here sight I'd say never been here before and just moved out with two suitcases apiece everything else was sold <laughs> everything else is gone and really I was just googling you know we're going to go scuba dive in the Caribbean. I knew what I wanted Caribbean because I didn't want to be cold. Yeah. And we're far enough south that the risk of hurricanes is minimal uh, at this latitude. So then it comes down to, okay, cost of living. Well, so many Americans, Canadians, Europeans have moved to Panama, Costa Rica. It's kind of jacked up the cost of living in those countries. Honduras is sort of the hidden gem. Right, but it's on an island. I mean, you're on the island, though. The mainland's much different than the island, though. Absolutely. I wouldn't recommend moving to the mainland. It's still... I've heard some scary stuff about the mainland. It's wild west. Yeah. Some of the cities there, really. Uh, You go up the coast of Guatemala, it's perfectly fine. You know, some of the friendliest people you'll ever meet. Costa Rica, no big deal. Honduras mainland, 
it's it's not a great place, but most of that stays on the mainland. We don't really have that here on the island. Have you had any kind of uh, like scary incidents? Oh um, yes, we did. Yes, we did. Was, <laughs> what would one of those be? Uh, it was last year during Semana Santa, which is the the Holy Week, and basically, if like most other religious holidays and I don't want to offend anybody but it seems to turn into a drunk fest mm-hmm. you know, St. Patrick's Day hey let's drink yeah any excuse to get drunk yeah exactly and it's it's absolutely a Central America comes to Roatan to party that oh. week and that can bring a lot of bad elements so Susan and I we stayed out of West End we went to go some see some friends of ours that we'd met here on the island at Palmetto Bay which is on the north side and at 11.30 in the morning, we're leaving. You know, I've got a motorcycle. That's how we get around around here. And it's a little jungle road coming out of the resort. And all of a sudden, two masked men jumped out of the jungle, started shooting their nine mils at us. And, you know, it's a little dirt bike going up a hill around a corner. I didn't have enough juice to blast out of there. Oh, my God. So. They were shooting at you. Oh, they, they actually jumped out shooting. And, and they didn't hit you. The, think yeah, God. Either they weren't aiming well or they're really, <laughs> really bad shots because there's no shooting wrench practiced out here. Yeah. And so I laid the bike down. It was the only thing I could do and told Suze to run. Just so happened right at that moment behind us, the wife of the homeowners association at uh, Palmetto drove up in her minivan and she thought we just had a bike accident so she stopped she's looking out her window hey are you guys okay and i'm yelling run 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 (laughs) and then her son who's in the back seat sees the two masked men with guns and starts screaming bloody murder inside the van how far away were these masked guys i mean how far away were they they were running at you oh they were they were on the other side of the van oh my god oh geez yeah so i yeah Holy Ten cow. feet. And so she finally realized what's going on. She hit the gas, took off. Well, that provided enough distraction for Susan Knight to hightail it back down the road and around the corner, jump into the bushes, and just wait and see what happened. Well, we waited a few minutes. All of a sudden, another vehicle comes up. She, the lady of it, had called back, set security up. So we followed security up. Uh, the bike got flooded, so the guys couldn't steal it. They, they couldn't get it started. They got nothing from us. We just got a few scrapes and oh you know, my God. great story. And a beautiful necklace, I should, I should have brought it, of 9mm shell casings <laughs> oh, that we collected. God. That's frightening. That's really scary. You guys have got really lucky. We, we were lucky, and those incidents are rare. Uh, but you on the island, they're rare. On the island. But you... you <laughs> I lived, grew up in Houston, you know, what leads? Yeah. <laughs> How many people got shot today in uh, right. L.A.? It, this happens anywhere where you have, you know, a large concentration of people and a huge diversity in income levels. Yeah. And... Well, there's very there's little to no middle class. People either have something or they have nothing. Exactly. Yeah, it's true of a lot of the world. Yeah. And fortunately, you know, we, like today, we've got four cruise ships in today. That wasn't happening four or five years ago. So as the cruise ships come in, that brings more money in. That hopefully the Honduran government and the local Roatan government realize, okay, we've we've got a gem here. Let's don't blow this. Yeah. And tighten things up a little bit more 
because this place could explode. Yeah. I mean, you've, you've been down here. You've seen it. It could also go the wrong way as well. I yeah, mean, we try not to put too faith in these governments down here. Yeah. <laughs> you know? then, then it may be time to go look for another one. Exactly. You never uh, know. But right now, we feel totally safe here. Mm-hmm. We know they're at, at, in, the, in the nighttime. Right. There's places you don't go. You want to maintain your wits. So, yeah, have fun, go out and drink, but don't get stupid drunk. Exactly. And it just... It's a street smart. It's basically common sense. Common sense. What uh, is the visa situation here? Like, how long can you stay? Do you have to do, like, every six months? 90 days. You can stay on the island. You have to leave for two days. Okay. So you do, like, like a visa run to... Another Bel- country, How Belize oh, okay. is you know the the cheapest one. Uh, there's a there's a flight set up basically for that. <laughs> uh, we've got a buddy, uh, Scuba Tony. He runs a dive shop in Cozumel. Pop up to Cozumel. Hey Tony, how you yeah. doing? Go for a dive, come back. Something like that. What's the differences in buying and working in say Cozumel or Mexico? As opposed to Honduras, because I know in Mexico, I, I knew somebody who tried to open up a business there, and it was really, it's really a tough. lot of uh, levels of crap you had to go through. And, and right here in Roatan, um, it's not that difficult. Now, you've got to know the right people. You've got to have those contacts in place, which basically, if you hang around on the island and get to know people, you'll, you'll be pointed in the right direction, give them the right phone numbers, and you cannot be a sole proprietorship here as an expat uh, unless you have gotten your residency or your citizenship usually the lawyer will set up a partner typically it's a lawyer a friend of his friend or relative yeah right and, hey my uh, son could be your partner they, in this they'll business. own a, yeah, they'll own usually a 1% share in your business and set the corporation up that way so that there is local representation. So basically the front man for... Yeah. Okay. You need a local front man. Yes. Okay. But not difficult to do. Okay. So what did your families say when you told them you were going to leave and live in Honduras? Did they think you were nuts? Well, Susan's family, yes. They thought she was nuts. <laughs> uh, partly because they'd seen our volatile relationship over the years. And ah. like, really? You're going to go down there with that guy? <laughs> With that nut job uh, yeah, and the motorcycle? Yeah, and they they read the news that is mostly mainland Honduras right. news about how horrible it is, but really had to point out, hey, it's it's an island off the, <laughs> off the coast. We're not subject to most of that stuff that goes on there. My family, it was just kind of, huh, okay, uh, there he goes again. They're used to you doing yeah, this. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> Where did you go as a Marine? Where did you get sent to? Uh, so I was out in California, Monterey, California, at the Defense oh. Language Institute. Oh, yeah, I know where that is. Yep. And studied Arabic there for a year. Oh, really? Just Comes in happened. handy these days? Well, it's funny. At the time, most of what I heard I was going to wind up doing is going to Korea and driving a truck for the Korean linguists. That's <laughs> usually what happens. But just so happens that... Uh, Desert Storm rolled around, yeah. and the Korean linguists wound up driving me around. <laughs> All of a sudden, your Arabic skills are very useful. There we go. We actually put them to use. Yeah. And then, then uh, after that, it was in Kariohe, Hawaii. Okay. And that's where I first began scuba diving. So you didn't get sent to... Uh, did you go to Iraq? Oh, uh, so... Kuwait? The, it was Saudi Arabia, Kuwait, yeah. during Desert Storm. There for about 10 months. And, you know, we 
We were given very liberal rules of engagement then. <laughs> yeah. If it moves, kill it, which is why the war ended so quickly. Right, right. So the um, what is the what is the basic plan, like your long term plan, or do you even think that far ahead or you know, it's down here there's so much opportunity, but you've got to make that opportunity. And right now it's just about gaining experience, you know, knowing these dive sites backwards and forwards. You know, you've you can see an experienced dive master and an inexperienced dive master instantly. Yeah. You know, how well do they know these sites? Are they looking around for those landmarks or do they just know the site? So right now, it's learning everything we can so that when we actually are taking people out uh, scuba diving, we look like the pros that we want to be, mm-hmm. that, that we would want to be with. And right now, we've we bring in probably one family or a couple per month that'll come down. We've got a room that we rent or we arrange for you know place for them to stay. And we sort of act as their personal tour guides. Right now it's mostly family and friends that we're getting. But through the web series, through eventually the website, when we're comfortable and ready, that's sort of what we want to do is just give that real personalized mm-hmm. tour. Um, not a big group, not five, six, ten, twenty. Small groups, couples, family of four, something like that, where we can really have them experience Roatan and all of the secret little spots that uh, we go to. We see a lot of the snorkel tours out here. We take people snorkeling all the time, and they'll see things that eh, most people don't get to see because <laughs> you can't take a large group underneath the pier and the dock over here yeah, in yeah. Half Moon Bay and see all of the lobster and point out all of the tiny little shrimp and <laughs> oh my gosh there's a scorpion fish yeah. you've got to be right there in that small group to really experience some of those things right. and that's what we enjoy about it plus you know, we bring the, bring the video cams out so we get to capture all this on video share it with them on YouTube <laughs> and they get a really really good looking uh, vacation experience that they can share when they get back what uh is the is the situation of the reef now? It was, it was funny when I went my first dive down here. Uh, my instructor had a uh, spear, or it's one of the three claws that shoot out. Uh, and the Hawaiian sling. Yeah, is that what it is? Yeah. The Hawaiian sling. Hawaiian sling. <clears throat> so he shot a lionfish, and I never I never seen a dive master kill somebody something down there right. before. And I was I came up I'm like what? You're not what supposed you, to touch you things. You're yeah. not supposed to harm the reef. And then I learned that this lionfish, which is, you know, it's a beautiful fish. Yep. And I've seen them all over when I was diving in Asia. And I was, oh, it's the pretty lionfish. Yeah. And he said, well, they're, they've been introduced here. They're not native and they're killing a lot of the stuff. Yeah. There's a lot of different stories on how that actually happened. The, the most common story is there was actually a hurricane that came through and wiped out a, an aquarium in uh, Florida or... Yeah. So, I've heard that too. Somebody dumped an aquarium in Florida or whatever. <laughs> well, and and that's how the lionfish got introduced in the Caribbean, and it's and in horribly invasive species yeah. because it's really aggressive. No natural predators here, and so again, all through all through the Caribbean, what dive masters attempt to do, and they've been successful to limited degrees in uh, various parts of the the Caribbean, is teaching some of the local predators. To hunt the lionfish. Them, yeah. yeah. He, they were trying to feed them to uh, some other you know, fish Either groupers, lobster. We don't have a lot of sharks right here in Roatan, but up in Cozumel, Belize, 
the nurse sharks, the reef sharks, they're actually, they've caught it on film a couple of times where they actually, without any assistance or direction, tag the live fish on their own. Mm. So they're getting to that point. They're building up some of the immunity that they need from the poison. Uh, you know, because that is a nasty sting. Yeah, you, they're toxic. The spines or something are toxic. Yeah, and uh, it's a horrible, horrible, horrible sting if you ever get hit. So, and dive masters, they they love to take yeah. them out, but they got to be careful because occasionally even the best, like our, our Mickey here, you miss. Well, you don't miss, but when you go to take that lionfish off of the barbs, you've got to be really careful. Right, right. And it, even the best sometimes get hit. Ooh. But on the good side, I hear they're they're good eating. They're incredibly tasty. Yeah? Wow, yeah. that's good. And there's there's definitely a market for it. Yeah, I want to have that before I leave. Yeah. Some place had like advertising lionfish tacos or something down the street. Yeah. And it's literally the only way to catch a lionfish is to go down either snorkeling or scuba with a Hawaiian slam because you can't really fish for them. Yeah. You can't net them because they live in the coral mm -hmm. and so you're reliant upon individuals to, to hunt them and bring them in. Did they pay the locals to go get them? There, there is a a growing business for that. <laughs> right. And it's, it's shocking. Different parts of the island. You know, out here on the West End, West Bay area, you don't see as many lionfish. You go out on the North Shore where there's not as many divers, there's not as many snorkelers, and the lionfish are thick. Oh, They're really? heavy. And so there's plenty of opportunity to go get them. If you would say that there's a, uh, a trait amongst like, the Hondurans, what would it be? Is there a common, as opposed to, say, Mexicans or you know people in the Bahamas? Hon Hondurans, and, and my experience has been with the Roatan. Okay. Uh, which is a mix of the Garifun, the, the Carib, original island folk, as well as the immigrants from the mainland over the past you know, 100, 200 years, which most of it has actually happened in the last 20 years mm -hmm. from the mainland. And this is not to say anything negative or bad, it's simply the way it is. Their most common trait is they live for right now. They don't live for three hours from now, or tomorrow, <laughs> or next week. There are zero long-term plans among the locals, which explains a lot of what you see when you come down to Roatan. There's not a lot of development, yeah, because there's no need to develop, because that's later. What am I going to do right now? <laughs> right. <laughs> do I have food? Okay. Am I tired? I'll take a nap. Mm-hmm. And that's as far as the thinking, you know, if I, if I can put it generically, that's as far as our thinking goes, you know. You hear it all over the place, Hawaii, out in the Pacific, island time. Right. It in Jamaica. Really, <laughs> it really means that here. Yeah. Island time means... Uh, it's a lot of manana. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's not going to happen today. <laughs> right. Is there what was the, what would you say is the thing you miss the most? If you miss anything about uh, America, oh wow! You know we waffles. Get, <laughs> I, Something I, like that. I, I can get waffles down here. Uh, you know convenience. Yeah, it is. It is all about convenience. You forget and, and, and whenever you're hungry. There's always something up. You can grab it, drive through it. It's convenience. Yeah, and here. There is nothing convenient except the beach. Yeah. And I'll I'll take that any day of the week. 
Do you look at America a different way living outside of it now? I really do. I used to be hardcore, piss off my friends into politics. Right. With always post on the Facebook, you know, my thoughts and mm-hmm. opinions because, of course, I was always right. <laughs> and now I look at that, and, and especially observing from down here the, the presidential election last year. Wow. I... I used to get wrapped up into that, and yeah. why? <laughs> right. Why? Uh, and it drags on and on and on for two years, and you realize that, oh, because there's 50 channels on TV, and they need, they're 24-7 of news, they're filling time with anything. They'll talk about the little tiniest thing exactly. that means nothing, but they got to say something. And it's like a 24-hour sports network. It, and it really, <laughs> you know? down here, as the, as the outside observer, it literally means nothing. And mm-hmm. I wish I had that attitude back in the States. I might have been happier back then. Yeah, but I, a, lot of, a lot of energy burned off. A lot, off lot of energy and a lot, lot of emotion put into this, what I now consider nonsense. Mm-hmm. That, <laughs> wow, I, it, it took moving down here to get that perspective. Are there things you appreciate more, not having left, and about whether it was the way you were brought up? And you see the way you know people live here, or something, or well, you know, I uh, I kind of told Seuss one day, you know, I, I have come to realize I only need four things in life to be happy, and and really my whole purpose in coming down here and her purpose is to be happy because I wasn't happy back back in the states, I wasn't happy with the job, I wasn't happy with so many things, and so I was like, what is it going to take for me to really be happy? And it comes down to four things. I need good weather, which we you got mostly it. have here. I need a good beach, which we've got here. <laughs> I need a good drink in my hand. Which we got plenty of here. And if you don't, it's just a few steps away <laughs> to the bar to go get it. And, right. and a good woman by my side. So I've got the four things I need to be happy. And you know what? I really am in need of nothing else. Now you're sounding like a local. <laughs> that's, You're that's, living for today, right that's, now. That's why I missed your interview yesterday. <laughs> that's oh, right. yeah. Oh, was that today? I'll, I'll get there. Yeah. Here I am with my appointment uh, book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, that's the whole thing. Yeah. When when you go back to the states, yeah. Do you live by your cell phone? It's a it's a pretty important thing. I think I have a cell phone. Here. <laughs> I'm not sure because uh, and I I was the same way. It, Text, phone yeah. call, email, everything. You live by that phone. And holy crap, if you get, forget to charge the phone. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Here? Yeah. Well, I've noticed that, especially West End, here, it, it's a small community. Once all these like cruise ship people leave at night, you know, I've seen the same people. I've been here a week. I've been seeing the same people over and over right. again. So these girls I've been hanging out with, these Canadian girls I met the yeah. first night. I just like I know where they'll be. They'll probably be at the Sundowner Bar. Then I, I just run into them there. Oh, I'll see them here. Or you don't need to call them. You don't yeah. need to send a text. <laughs> and I would said, "Oh, you guys, uh, you want to meet up tomorrow?" And they're like, "Yeah, well, we'll see you on the street." And we do. Exactly. <laughs> you know? Which could be bad though if there's someone you don't want to see. Yeah. You know. But, and one of the fears that I had before we did this is, you know, what happens if if it gets boring? Yeah. What What do we do if it gets boring? That would be something I worry about. On an island or a small town. And yet, and we've been here over a year. Two nights ago, or three nights, I forget, 
somewhere in the past. Recently. <laughs> it's in the past. It's not now, so what does it matter? Shoes, you know, she'll take time, walk out from behind a bar, go out and shoot the sunset. Mm-hmm. She's been doing that for over a year now. Do you have any pictures of the sunset she has? And it's from the same spot right here, and yet it never gets old. Yeah. It never gets old. And I, I have put that fear to rest. We're going to go over to West Bay and sit on the beach today. We're going to go snorkel in the same spot we've been a hundred times. And it's still fun. Still going to see something I didn't see before. Still going to relax. No stress. No worries. Because I don't worry about tomorrow. I don't worry about three hours from now. Worry about right now. Right now, everything's good. <laughs> so where can people uh, find your, your films? Is there a website they can go to? So they, they can find us on Facebook. Okay. Uh, you know, just look up Jason McInerney, Roatan Honduras. Oh, uh, Jason Mac. Honeyer, M-C-A-N-E-A-R. E-A-R, okay. Uh, Scuba Sues Nelson. <laughs> and then we've got our YouTube channel, which is The Scuba Smack. The Scuba Smack. All one word. Scuba and then S-M-A-C. Okay. And the bar you're at is when people come down to uh, Rotan on the West End. Uh, it's sea level. Come down to sea level. Meet Joe, Tasha, Kara, Miss Holland, yeah. Billy. You've been taking care of me pretty well this week. Brother, that's all we can do. That's all we can do. It's <laughs> nothing fancy, but uh, it's comfortable. Yes. And the beer is cold. Beer is always cold. <laughs> uh, it's Jason McInerney, everybody. Thanks for joining me. Absolutely. Thanks, Mike. Like Enjoy I the rest of your stuff. Oh, we'll do Gonna hit a town. I feel like I'm trapped. Gonna hit a town.